Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don, where Pastor Don answers all of your questions from theology, parenting, and whether he can tell if you're sleeping in church. Enjoy. Please like and subscribe. Pastor Don. Good morning, Alex. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. I can't hardly stand it. Yeah? Good. Mm-hmm. It is good. Today, I want to talk about <laughs> swearing. Oh. So what the heck's wrong with swearing? Well, now, what kind of swearing are you talking? Bad words? Or are you talking sure. about swearing an oath? Well, I, I was thinking more along the lines of foul language. Foul language. Well, in Ephesians, you know, I said, no, let no unwholesome talk come mm-hmm. from your mouth, except that which is encouraging to others, you know. So I would say it probably has to do more with, uh, you know, we do so much with communication. Yeah. And I think we need to measure the words that come out of our mouth. And so where does swearing fall in that? Is it useful words? Is it helpful? Does it encourage people? Does it take the Lord's name in vain? I mean, basically, Ten Commandments says, you know, thou shalt not. Right, right. In the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So uh, I would say... We probably, as Christians, to be good witnesses, need to watch our words. Okay. So, just to give you an example, that Ten Commandments, you know, don't use the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Yep. It would be Ephesians chapter 4 that talks about, no, let no unwholesome, unwholesome talk. Yep. I think it's about, it's after verse 20, I know for sure. 29. Okay. <laughs> You're good good. It was, uh, it was in the devotional this morning, so that was pretty easy for me. It was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was easy for me. I didn't get the exact verse. <laughs> I had to look it up just so, so I could show you up. devotional. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't yeah, that yeah, cool? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought, it, I, we had talked about it before. I know we had talked about on these episodes before, you know, using the Lord's name in vain. And then afterwards, I was like, you know, what about Other. just general swearing? You know, I was watching the sh- uh, show on Netflix. They were talking about... Um, something about, you know, the versatility of swear words and uh, the F word has, is the only word that can be noun, verb, adjective, yeah. <laughs> pretty much everything except for a proper noun. Oh, and, uh, yeah, as I thought it was interesting, we use it just whatever we want. And, uh, I it's a very unique, it is a very unique word. Yes. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting. I like, don't what? find much use for it, but sure. Uh, well, where? Okay, let me ask you. Where do we go with this? So this is a, you know, a culturally defined standard that this word is something that we cannot say. So then that all of a sudden becomes wholesome. Does the Bible say anything about where that ends? So why has it become wholesome? It's because the culture has said it's wholesome. Yes. It's not because God did. Right. And so I, I think part of the discussion about how we use language also goes back to how is culture moving us to use language, and is that then in line with what Scripture says? Okay. And I think basically where we're caught right now is so we're trying to speak the language of a loving Lord, mm-hmm. which is accommodating and graceful, into a culture that is pushing against the Lord, just like it always has, okay. and seeking to uh, normalize mm-hmm. even things that we would not have normalized 
25, 35, 40 years ago. And so in the midst of the context of language, I think we also have a lot of things in our culture that have pushed against the church, against what we said was normal before, and language is one of those. Now, do we allow it? Do we make space for it? Uh, do we make it an on-ramp and say, well, okay, it's all right at this level of discipleship, but when you get to this level of discipleship, it's no longer right? We actually don't have anything to do that. Okay. Let me give you a good uh, an example. So um, do you know what dead naming is? Mm -mm. Probably not. No. Okay. So that is a social media thing where so if someone decided they were changing their genders, right, mm -hmm. and they choose a new name sometimes, if you call them by their old name or don't use the proper pronouns or something, like if you call them he when they've transitioned to a girl and want to be called she, that's dead naming. So like an example so would be... So their old name is dead. Right. Okay. And um, I think even Twitter has banned people for dead naming somebody using their old names because that's a form of abuse or violence or something. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so the example would be like, you know, like um, Bruce Jenner. No, it's not, you can't say that anymore. It's now Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. So you can't call it now. Now it's she instead of he. So would we be, you know, there's a cultural part of that where, you know, we want it to be a wholesome conversation. So if you were to talk to, say, Caitlyn Jenner, or talk to someone about Caitlyn Jenner, what would you, what, is there a foul language there that you would say, you know, this is not what the fall in line with the Bible, or is that something that you just say, you know what, I'll call you whatever you want. Well, and, and that's where the conversations happen. So if you want to keep the conversation going, then you'd say, uh, Caitlin, okay. right? and, and engage in, the, in how they want to be addressed. Sure. If you want to be contrary, well, Bruce, how are you doing? Right. And it's, it's, that would pretty well probably end the conversation. It's done. So what are we did, called to do as Christians? We engage the conversation yeah. as much as we can, knowing that I, then as a disciple of Jesus Christ, have to make sure I don't step on this book yep. and what God's asked me to do. And as, uh, for me specifically, what God's asked me to do as a minister of the gospel, as a preacher of the gospel. Uh, I, in those conversations, I, there's a, there's a, maybe it's an ornery evil streak in my, but I, I, I probably would say, so I know you were Bruce. That's how I knew you were Bruce. That's when you were an athlete, you were Bruce. Uh, I'm having a hard time getting past that. So forgive me if I still slip it back into that yeah. once in a while. It's totally this culture. I don't know that we've had it in other, other cultural contexts historically. So we have to realize this is something we've allowed to happen. Yeah. There's no historical precedent right. for this phenomena that's happening right now. That being said, anything that has happened in our culture that's moved that far, we've given it the leeway to happen. Sure. I, and there's definitely been a lot of pushback from people. I mean, this same uh, example, you know, they're like, well, what did the record book say? Did they say Bruce or did they now switch to saying Caitlin? And I think a lot of pe a lot of times the people who are asking those questions are 
not trying to be hurtful, but are just more confused, which I think is okay. But that conversation is happening. So yeah, I, I was just kind of curious what was... Well, and, and see, there's, there's another piece that I've been studying this last week in First chapter or First Samuel chapter 8. And when uh, Israel finally, you know, they, they don't have a judge anymore. They have Samuel, but Samuel's sons aren't coming through well. And so they say, hey, we're done with this. We want a king just like everybody else. And so it's a, basically a cultural shift because they had, they had been relying on leadership from God through these human people. And there wasn't always someone that God could use in that way. Right. And so they're finally frustrated and say, hey, let's go with the cultural norm. Everybody else has a king. We want to have a king too, just like everybody else. So is it all right for us as human beings to press our cultural form on God? And what's interesting is in the midst of that, Samuel and, and the Lord are talking. And he says, hey, Samuel, this isn't your problem. They're asking for a king. It's not you they rejected, but it's me they rejected. And I think that's in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 4, 4 through 6, 4 through 8 in there. Okay. And can you imagine how God, I mean, God let it happen. Right. And God, in fact, used the kings, Saul and David, to establish a nation. And then, of course, David's sons took it apart and did all that other stuff. Yep. God, I think, continues to strive to use our best efforts. But our focus needs to be him and his kingdom. Yep. And so often, there are so many distractions that it's sometimes hard to see the kingdom of God through us. Yeah. Because we allow the distractions. Yeah, and something we talked about, well, will be last episode, is the gentleness of Jesus. How he preached the gentleness is so much more powerful mm -hmm. than a lot of us think. He got a lot said gently. Yes, he yes. did. Although, there are those times so he exceeded his boundaries and all of a sudden he cleansed the temple, you know. Sure. And uh, that... that energy that jesus had in that act we often say whoa i mean i would say that'd be like a righteous anger yeah righteous righteous indignation yes yes which is something that some of us think we might have and we probably don't sometimes you know, i'm not sure we have it at the right times yeah he did have things at of the course right yeah of course oh if i could be as perfect yep ain't happening mm-hmm well speaking of athletes like Wheaties boxes, I think it'd be, it wouldn't have been kind of neat to see like Jesus on the Wheaties box. Wheaties box. Yeah. I mean, he carried a cross all the way down the all. Well, I guess he did have help, so I guess I don't know. It would be a team effort then. Yeah, Simon and Cyrene helped him. Yes. Um, What's your favorite cereal? Well, my favorite is Frosty Flakes. Ooh. I like Frosty Flakes. Is it just because of Tony the Tiger? Not because of Tony. I just like the way they taste. But, you know, because of my heart health, I've gone to Cheerios. Okay. But I can't, you know, handle regular Cheerios. That's honey nut Cheerios. Got to have my sugar. Yeah. High. Of course. 
Yeah, I remember getting like Rice Krispies. I don't even understand how those ever became a breakfast cereal. There's basically nothing to them unless you dump a bunch of sugar. Right. Aaron Rice. That's good stuff. Pretty much just an ingredient at this point. Oh, yes. Right. Um, I want to add one more question that I actually got from somebody. Uh, offering. Why doesn't the pastor put in for the offering? He does. He does? Okay. Well, it's when I have money. Okay. Yeah, I tithe. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I try to put it in before the service. I see. So that people don't see. Oh, I see. And okay. Then, and then, you know, once in a while I've forgotten and I stick it over there. Yep, yep. But uh, I just figured there was always like something in there because it's like, you know, like the tip jar at, uh, at the <laughs> bar. It's like, here, this is what this jar is for. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, no, not really. No. I, I, and, and, you know, previously, you know, we, we, we're affiliated with Upper Deer Creek uh, in part. And uh, so we have given up there, but we also give here. Mm -hmm. So now here lately, it's been more here. Sure. That makes total sense. I know God wants you to give and tithe, and that's kind of a hard thing. And, Sometimes I wish the government would do the same 10% and that's good enough like the church does. But It would be nice. They should be able to do it for that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I believe very strongly in tithing. Does God want us to tithe on our assets too or just our income? I, when I read the Bible, it says it comes in. First fruits. Uh, first fruits offering is actually given from the first load that comes out of the field. Okay. It's a faith offering, if you will that the rest of the fields we're actually going to get. Mm -hmm. And as a wheat farmer... Well, not the last 20%, right? Well, yeah. It, it's Instead of... It's giving out of faith rather than out of some. Yeah. And, I, you know, growing up in Kansas in the wheat fields and realizing that you could be combining and having a really good harvest one day, and that night a thunderstorm come through and hail and, and just annihilate the rest of the crop. Mm-hmm. To me, the first fruit is a really uh, special yeah. offering because you're giving it without knowing that the rest is really going to make it to the bin. Sure. So I, I like the first fruits. I like to write that check to the church first mm -hmm. and hope that we have enough for the rest of it. But I've also realized that that discipline then allows me to look at the rest of the assets as being that, you know, that's God's gift too. That's to me. Right. While I give 10... 10% of to him to his work the rest of it he freely has given to me yeah That's I don't have of, to feel guilty at all right I, I like I like when you know the the commands and the instructions that we see in the Bible for our lives have a real world you can see the value in it right so even you know turning the other cheek every time or um, um, you know forgiveness in every circumstance it never really feels like it's right but sometimes it it ingrains in you and it teaches you a really good trait that others will be drawn to and then things start all of a sudden you're just like oh now i see the value in that and that some of those things when you, when you it took me a long time to realize those things realize that there's real world value oh, and yeah. god wants you to see that yeah. and, and the bondage Mm -hmm. that's behind when we don't forgive yeah. is actually a whole lot harder on us than oh, the person yeah. who we think, 
well, I can't forgive them because they did this back in 1945, and so I can't forgive mm -hmm. them. And, and that that's a bondage we carry. Yeah, they don't have. They're not in pain at all. They don't care. Yeah, big deal. Something they did a long, long time ago, and that's you can't give it up. And all it's doing is hurting you. Right. It's not hurting them. And it's a spiritual bondage that weighs down the heart. Yeah. It's it's hard on us. Yes, it is. It is. Well, with that, will you pray us out? I can do that. Awesome. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the privilege you've given us to gather this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your word. And that we are given the opportunity to keep it with us and hide it in our hearts. We do pray, Heavenly Father, as we live in this day and time, our lives might have enough of the flavor of your gospel that others will seek it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks everyone for joining us this week. As a challenge, do a little forgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to see yep. where you need that forgiven. Far it goes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. We love you. See you next week. Take care. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode. We are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes. And if you're having fun too, please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission. Thank you and God bless.